Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. This is your host Taman Tiwana. And this is Kathy Thakur. And both of us love reading books. On this podcast, we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. Today, we are discussing a work of fiction by a fellow brown girl, Serena Kaur. Her debut novel, All the Words Unspoken, touches on several important issues in the South Asian culture. We hope you have read the book too, because if not, there may be a few spoilers for you. Also, we invited Serena on our podcast to share her stories and her process with you. So stay tuned to listen to what she has to share with all of you. But before we get into our discussion today, let's introduce the main characters of this book. The main protagonist is Mansi. She's of Indian descent, living with her parents in the UK. Mansi has two friends, Sejal and Raki. Aryan is also of Indian descent, born and brought up in London. Logan is Mansi's co-worker and Aryan's childhood friend. And now let's hear an overview of the book from Kathy. All the Words Unspoken is Serena Kaur's debut novel. It is a story about a British Indian woman, Mansi. Things are not going well for her. Her depression is worsening and she is full of regret about the abortion that she had to go through without telling anyone. She was against arranged marriages, but at this point in her life, she is just looking for a way out. So, she agrees to marry the handsome and wealthy Aryan Alikar. She convinces herself that a new lifestyle and wealth will lift her out of the pit. But in general, Aryan is sort of distanced from Mansi and remains a mystery to her. Mansi starts to realize that the man she has married is even further from what he seems. This novel brings up so many issues and hypocrisies in Indian society like ignorance about mental health, abortion before marriage, homosexuality, domestic violence, and many more. Before getting into our discussion, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. The book starts on a heavy note in a way. We are introduced to Mansi at a point where she is considering getting an abortion. And her mother's words are ringing in her ears that everyone goes through the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth until they can meet with God again. If you terminate, you ruin a soul's progress towards God. And for women, there are severe spiritual consequences. I just hate how this guilt is placed on women, preventing them from making choices that are beneficial for them. Yeah, It's almost like the fetus holds more importance than the woman who's actually carrying it. In this case, Mansi is a student, she's unmarried, and it actually doesn't make any sense for her to go into motherhood. But still, she cannot stop feeling guilty. It's a hard decision as it is, but added layers of guilt from culture or religion just hurt women more. Yeah, her mom also said to her once, Indian girls couldn't get abortions. Those that did were coconuts, brown on the outside and white on the inside. I know it's extremely sad to hear this, but this analogy is so hilarious. <laughs> I know, it's just so stupid. I, I don't even know what it exactly means. I think it just means that you're not Indian if you get an abortion before marriage or something like uh, that. Sure, sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> also, can someone in this world please explain to me why getting pregnant without getting married is such a taboo? Yes, just because you signed a contract with the government to live with each other and just because a bunch of people celebrated your sex night having a baby school. <laughs> but if those things haven't happened yet and you get pregnant, you're shunned from society. Well, I think you answered your own question, Kathy. 
if you yeah. think about it there is no difference in living in with someone or being married to someone really except for the interference from parents the relatives the society or the government and i think they just want to keep doing that at every stage of our lives how dare humans be free right yeah i agree and there are so many taboos in indian society another one that this book also addresses is depression mansi was already depressed she was trying to hide her depression from her parents and her friends because it's a taboo on top of that she had to go through an abortion alone the mental toll that it took on her was so sad to see it's so apparent that this incident remained with her long after she got married and moved to london with arin she used to get panic attacks when she saw other kids because you know there was that guilt inside of her all this while and even then she didn't tell arin about it until very late in the book my point is that mental health issues need to be dealt with i agree kyati i think the message that we so often get is that just curb those dark feelings and toughen up whereas if we actually act with compassion and kindness towards those who are struggling i think we'll actually help everyone not just the people who are struggling sure we provide help to them kindness to them open up to them so they will get better but also we will make more meaningful connections for our life yeah that's a really good point i have seen so many resources pop up on social media about mental health and everyone keeps commenting on them with positive emojis and comments but if there is someone who they know is suffering from depression they will never go out of their way to help them i know and i hope there are a few people who would go out of their way to help or would give some help in some way but i agree with what you are saying it's actually just easy to comment right even with the yeah. recent suicide of bollywood actor sushant singh rajput we saw that initially people did talk about mental health a little bit but very quickly it just changed into a blame game inside bollywood where people are blaming either nepotism or viewers for not watching his movies instead of anybody really focusing on finding constructive solutions for us to create a more inclusive or a supportive or just a kind society yeah it was so sad to hear about sushant singh rajput honestly and i say it on behalf of everyone it reminds you that mental health is so important i think i am blaming myself also here as well when i say that people don't care people of course don't care about other people's mental health but we don't care about our mental health as well i didn't take my own mental health seriously because we have never been taught how to do that i agree i think it would have been so helpful to you know have a few real life skills on how to handle the tough parts in your life because we don't get that so many of us struggle with it later when we meet a failure in our life or we are going through a rough patch whether it's our professional life or our relationships or anything and in our 20s or 30s it's like we are starting from scratch when it comes to mental health it's like a habit that needs to be taught very early in our life of how we should not demean ourselves how to think of ourselves in a positive sense how to cope with emotional trauma but our education system doesn't focus on it our culture doesn't prioritize it i agree and this is exactly how mansi's mother reacted to her depression she basically said in india no one gets depressed because there is no time to get depressed depression is a foreign thing this is so relatable indian parents would definitely say something like this about mental health right oh for sure i think there is very little patience when it comes to mental health 
partly because it makes people uncomfortable so they just want you to deal with it on your own and not show it yeah. and aside from that i think there are several factors but the social stigma and the shame of this log kya kahenge is a big one for our parents and manzi is dealing with depression alone when she meets a friend sejal at a wedding and sejal asks her how she's doing manzi thinks to herself that every chore that she has to do is a huge task but she doesn't say it out loud in front of sejal she says everything is fine yeah and later we do see in the book sejal also had experienced depression but none of them yeah. are reaching out to each other and everyone struggling alone that's just sad yeah Since you mentioned a wedding before, I do have to talk about this other thing, which is the auntie culture at weddings, <laughs> where they are just asking you about your grades, your marriage prospects, or commenting on your weight or the darkness and fairness of your skin. I feel like there's so much fixation on these unnecessary, superficial things, and it's even sadder that these are eventually the decisive factors for who you marry especially when it comes to girls who are just being objectified i agree first of all auntie culture is a really great word for <laughs> for what <laughs> we go through and should we talk about indian matchmaking at this point well it's very fitting i would say <laughs> so indian matchmaking is a show on netflix that just came out and it's super cringe worthy i don't understand what was the point what was netflix thinking when they created this show I but whatever know. what are we achieving with this yeah <laughs> but every family in that show who was looking for a bride for their sons had this criteria the girl should be fair flexible i don't know what that means have 53 height it's like look at your son auntie <laughs> <laughs> you're right i mean these people had such a long list of criteria which mainly focused on looks and like you said the other most important thing is flexibility which is just a code word for submissive women yeah but it sounds like the mother in law wants to do yoga with the daughter in law <laughs> <laughs> no mother in law wants to sit and rule and you remember there was this guy pradyuman on the show yeah. who was basically rejecting every girl because quote and quote there was no mental attraction eventually the girl he likes was a model so <laughs> that just tells you like you know this is just all those superficial criteria all over again i think the other really weird character at that show was that akshay's mom Oh <laughs> and I think she's the one who wants the flexible daughter-in-law. <laughs> like she's such a perfect example of Indian parent guilt. Like she's just constantly telling her son that she has high blood pressure because he is not getting married. <laughs> I know. But I think we should also, you know, come back to the book because I think <laughs> we we'll have to make a different episode for that show. Yeah, you're right. So, coming back to the book, I think Mansi is also considering all of this when she is considering the arranged marriage. She is also thinking about similar messages that she has heard growing up. How whiteness in our culture is synonymous with beauty. Mansi is not conventionally fair, so she has heard entire life that how much luckier she would be in love if she was fair and lovely. I'm actually also trying to remember what aunties have said to me at weddings. What about you? 
how has an indian auntie tormented you during a random wedding <laughs> <laughs> i like how you put that question <laughs> i think there were always questions around where in life you are like have you finished your college because that will determine if you're good to go for marriage or not and then you know the usual comments on your weight or like you've lost weight you've gained weight or you have become darker don't go out in sun so much and another thing i also got a lot was why do you wear heels you are so tall already why do you need to wear heels so it was always hinting to me that i shouldn't wear heels and look taller than i already am because that would be intimidating to the guys or their families and i won't get enough matches for marriage interestingly i got completely opposite remarks because i'm too short i should wear more heels and you know when in indian matchmaking she said that she reads a girl who's 5 feet 3 inches tall i was like oh my god i'm rejected already i feel so bad <laughs> and you know other things like you have studied too much how will you find a boy yeah that used to happen so much directly or indirectly this message was always there that if you are too educated it won't be a good marriage yeah I have also have aunties say to me, please marry an Indian boy, not some white boy. And you know, like they say, not some Gora, which means a white boy. And in my mind, I was like, a Gora won't marry me, auntie. They have so many other options. I wish they would marry me, but. <laughs> Today's episode is presented by Vair. Vair was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Wear returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Wear is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Wear is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to wearwatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. The Time Turner, Harry Potter in Depth is a podcast run by two siblings who love Harry Potter, rereading all seven books. The Time Turner focuses on foreshadowing, themes, interesting nuggets, ties to the main end game, big questions the co-hosts still have, and hot takes. The podcast can be serious at times, talking about problematic themes, deep dives into character flaws and plot holes, but also has its funny moments. Subscribe and download The Time Turner, Harry Potter in depth. They are also on Twitter and Instagram at Time Turner Pod. There's this time early on in the book when Mansi is considering marrying Aryan and all the reasons she's considering is like he is good looking he's a millionaire if she doesn't marry him right now she will have to find a job she thought that maybe finally marrying him and moving to london would cure her depression i have seen so many girls giving these reasons for getting married and it's a huge thing in indian culture yep where girls get married because of reasons like that the boy earns good money and they think they will have a secure future because they think that they just want to leave their homes because they're tired of their dysfunctional household so they think marriage is the answer to all this but what they don't understand is that marriage is its whole set of even bigger problems that are so difficult to get out of so marriage is not the answer even relationships are not an answer to depression or any of those problems i agree 
I think the big reason behind the whole marry a rich guy mentality is financial security, which is important for everyone and anyone. But the sad part is that nobody wants girls to be self-reliant because that will shatter the foundation of patriarchy, right? Yeah. And so they keep fixating on the fact that guys are so much better at businesses. Guys know how to handle finances. Guys are just naturally skilled at that. And yeah. they will constantly put this in your heads that girls somehow are not. And then they will tell you that the only way you can be financially secure is by marrying a rich guy. Right. There are so many more subtle messages. Like when girls want to travel, parents will be like, oh, you get married first. Then you can go wherever you want with your husband. Oh my God. I have heard this way too many times. Small things like if you want to get a haircut, parents will be like, not right now, get married. And then like with your husband's or your in-law's permission, you can get haircuts. A lot of people get these messages when it comes to clothes or how they want to dress up. So I think in a way, marriage is sold like a ticket to a new different life. And that's why girls can fall for it that, you know, I don't like my life how it is now, but I have no power to change anything. So maybe once I get married, my life will be different. But it shouldn't be like that. It makes me sad to know that I girls, know. yeah, they have such low self-esteem. Because like, I think when people ask me if I'm happy because I got married, in my mind, I'm like, I was happy before as well. Sure, my husband is one of the awesome people in my life, but I am the shining light of my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is the mindset that our culture needs to instill in young girls. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that because I also do believe that this is the message that needs to get out more. Also, speaking of messages that girls get, after they are married, you remember that part where Mansi senses some distance with Aryan and she immediately just feels the burden on herself to fix it. And she remembers that people always said a way to man's heart is through his stomach. Yeah. And when I read this, I was like, wow, that's very convenient for men. <laughs> like, let's just trick women into cooking for us in return for some love. But if it's love, does it matter if she cooks or not really? On the other side, I think everyone loves food cooked and served to them. So I can also say that actually the way to my heart is through my stomach. Why is that not a popular belief? Because then men will have to learn how to cook food. And that's like the world order getting disturbed. <laughs> I think I'm getting depressed now. Oh, no, no. Okay, so to get you out of this depression, I am using a trick on my husband to make him cook more. <laughs> <laughs> I already like the sound of it. <laughs> So we have a grading system for our cooked meals and we grade each other's meals. And my husband is very competitive and he has to win every week. He now cooks more meals than me and he also cooks them really well. I think all women should use this technique in my opinion. It's like hashtag life hack. <laughs> That's actually awesome, Kathy. You're like making atomic habits for him. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that stood out to me in the book was something during Mansi's job search. Like some company stated that they would consider someone that did not meet the grade requirements if they proved to be the right candidate. And that made Mansi wonder if she was made of the right stuff. And she thought she's not. And she was actually convinced she could not offer anything of much worth to these companies. I actually resonated to that because I feel like whenever I have looked for jobs, I feel like I am not skilled enough or I don't have much to offer, or I don't meet the criteria completely, so I'll just not apply for this job. 
And the funny thing is that I am super aware of the fact that most women statistically undershoot and don't apply for jobs unless they meet the criteria. Well, men apply for jobs even if they meet like half of the criteria. And you understand that it's okay to just go and apply for the jobs even if you meet some of the qualifications. But even that knowledge doesn't really help. I think it's that imposter syndrome that just keeps stopping you. Yeah, imposter syndrome is real. I don't know how to cure it other than to just be positive and confident and be like, I can do anything that I want to. Another thing during a job search or actually when she got the job was something her co-worker Logan says to her, don't be afraid of being human. She practices that in her interview as well. Like we know in her history, she has struggled with anxiety and depression and living with Aryan is not helping either. But the way in the interview, she tells that her one year of bad performance is because she was going through depression. I don't think I would have the courage to say that in a job interview. Yeah. Because I feel the norm is that it will reflect weakness on my part. And employers can actually hold that against you. You don't know who that person is really, right? Yeah, vulnerability is not appreciated in the workplace. Saying that you don't know something is definitely not appreciated. In fact, only recently, I have been thinking that why was I never taught to ask questions? I was never encouraged to be curious to know more things. This is so important in the real world. And in the Indian culture, curiosity is not rewarded. Vulnerability is not rewarded. And it becomes so difficult when people finally step into the real world. They don't know so many things, but they are scared to ask for the fear of being called stupid. Oh yeah, I definitely get that. I think we are basically encouraged to be sheep in the name of being respectful to our elders or our superiors. There's also a lot of emphasis on looking smart. Not being one, but looking smart. So people just constantly try to show themselves as know-it-alls. And so they don't ask questions because it may make you look stupid or something. Yeah, and talking about being a sheep, something else in this story also made me think. So, you know, when Aryan was in boarding school and he was about to graduate and fill an application for an MBA course, he couldn't write his statement of purpose because he didn't know why he wanted to do an MBA. But he could write his SOP for law because he knew the why. And for the first time, it became so clear to me why universities ask for the SOP with an application. I don't know if anyone even reads it, but it definitely urges the student to think about the why of the course that they want to pursue. I think you're right. Looking back on my own experience, I hated writing the SOPs, (laughs) which in a way is telling, right, that I probably picked the wrong lane. (laughs) Me too. If I had this kind of enlightenment when I was applying for my master's in the US, I would have never done master's in computer science. I think I would have gone for a master's in social entrepreneurship. This is what I've always wanted to do, even before I knew there was a course like that or a field like that. I actually didn't know there was a field like that until now. I think it wasn't there when I moved to the US, like in 2014. But I have seen some business schools that have come up with a course on social entrepreneurship. That's actually pretty cool. And I think a lot of it still goes back to how much exposure we get growing up, right? Like, I remember, for me, there wasn't much. And the only options I had were like, either be a doctor or an engineer. And I just picked one of those. But I think if I had gotten more exposure or more knowledge on like different career choices, 
I might have picked psychology or something with arts. Oh yeah, you would have been a really great psychologist. I can totally see it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Let me go get another degree now. <laughs> Talking about lack of exposure though, at 15, you can see that Logan and Arjun are exploring their sexuality. I mean, Logan already knew he's gay, but Arjun is still exploring himself. What bothered me was that they don't have any professional help or anyone who could tell them or guide them or even someone experienced to talk to and that's why i think kids in countries like india never learn about their sexuality until it's too late like in their early 30s or something that sucks i feel like our education system needs to change parents and teachers and schools need to become more open to this idea and more focused on talking about these things i agree but i feel like this not even proper health education forget including the aspects of homosexuality in it which is almost criminal in people's minds today yeah you know it's actually surprising because if you see all old indian art all these carvings and paintings there's so much expression of sex including homosexuality in it and i recently read that it was actually during the british rule that homosexuality was criminalized in india and today the hatred and the kind of behavior we see is just a effects of that british rule yeah that's interesting i really didn't know it i mean it's surprising to see that indian culture was so open at one point and then slowly because of colonialism we became these weird people who went against everything normal yeah it's almost like we needed to impress the white people now it's time for brownie points but before that let's give a shout out to josh from beer with buffy who left us an awesome review on apple podcast Reading the book is satisfying on its own but having super smart girls to listen to to give great book suggestions coupled with deep analysis and anecdotal commentary makes reading along with them a first class experience. The hosts have great chemistry too. Just listen, you'll love them. Thank you Josh. Thank you Josh. We appreciate your review so much. And now let's get to the brownie point. The first brownie point I want to give to this book is for the fact that Serena has created an important conversation around so many stigmatized topics in her book. Yeah, and I love that this book made me think. All through the book I kept feeling what would I have done? We think we are feminists until the things that require us to raise our voices as feminists start happening around us or to us. Like Mansi seemed like quite a women's rights activist at first but then she got married because of the pressure from her parents then she started behaving like a good wife to please her husband when she got to know that her father-in-law abuses her mother-in-law she doesn't do anything about it either I'm not saying that I would behave differently growing up in India we have all seen things like these happening but what have we done about it I would like to give a brownie point to this novel because it gives you so much food for thought. I absolutely agree with everything you have just said. Everyone goes through situations differently and I think that's where Serena has done an amazing job with portrayal of humanness of people. And the biggest brownie point goes to Serena herself for joining us and discussing her thoughts on the book All the Words Unspoken. We love talking to her and we really appreciate her taking the time out to get on our podcast. Thank you Serena. Thanks Serena. So this was a discussion on the book All the Words Unspoken by Serena Kaur. 
We really loved Serena's storytelling and her intertwining of such important issues in it. In our next episode, we are talking to Serena herself about her experiences, her stories, and her process. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brown Girls Read podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating and a comment. You can support us at anchor.fm/browngirlsread/support. Your support will allow us to continue this podcast and bring more episodes to you. Also, don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Brown Girls Read Pod. And if you have book recommendations for us, you can leave us a comment or message on Instagram. For our next episode, we have Serena with us sharing her process, her anecdotes, her insights on the book and several other issues. Stay tuned and keep, keep listening. listening.